Welcome to another episode of the Case Conley Podcast. I'm excited to ha- that we have another guest for today's episode. I played with him for a year in college. He is a great basketball player, great basketball mind. He started at Siena Heights, then transferred to Grand Valley, then ended his career at Davenport. He's one of the, like I said, IQ-wise, one of the smartest basketball players I've ever played with now. He's training in the Grand Rapids area. He's coaching AAU over there. Chris Pearl, how you doing? Good, good. I'm happy to be on here. I tuned into a couple of the episodes um, just as you've been posting them, and I'm happy to be here. Thanks, man. Uh, so let's just start kind of as being a kid from GR. What was it like, obviously, starting a career at Siena Heights, but being able to transfer back to GV? Yeah, and especially so actually, Davenport. And then Davenport, just able to stay in Grand Rapids. Yeah, so I actually started off in Traverse City. Um, and then after my brother graduated, I moved uh, down to Kalamazoo, actually. And so I've always been, like, on the move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so when I went over to Siena, I had a, a good freshman year. averaged like, just under 10 points. Um, and then I kind of had a breakout game, one of our last games. And uh, I got in touch with an assistant coach at Grand Valley who happened to be like helped with my AAU program growing up. Um, and so I kind of known him from before. He helped out at NC State um, and then he got back at Grand Valley. So I hit him up and then he kind of just was like, um, do well your sophomore year and we'll stay in touch. Um, and then, yeah, average 14 um, my sophomore year, um, did well defensively and then took a couple visits. And then, yeah, then the rest was history. Off to Grand Valley, I went. What was uh, the difference from going to Siena Heights to Grand Valley? And what was the biggest difference that you really recognized? Yeah, really just the, the resources, honestly. Um, like, I literally, had, like, I tell people all the time, like, whether it was doing stuff in the summer from elementary school, but all the way through college, I never had, like, an off season, And I thought after Siena, I was going to, and then Grand Valley does stuff in the summer. So I went from, I remember to this day. So I ended school May 7th at Siena, and then I moved in May 9th um, at Grand Valley, and we started our summer stuff. But even like little stuff like that. So at Grand Valley, you do stuff in the summer. So we had morning weights at eight o'clock in the morning, and then we'd go straight to the gym and have open gym. Um, And just like little stuff, like our managers did a good job. Like we always had peanut butter and jellies. Um, protein shakes, little stuff like that. Um, and so just the resources from NAIA to uh, Division Two, especially Grand Valley, one of the probably best funded um, in yeah. Division Two, um, I would say. Um, but yeah. So then how was that? Kind of, it came a little full circle. <laughs> Brad transferring to Davenport. What was it like kind of just being able to stay in the GLIAC, but now with a different squad on the other side of your GR. Yeah, so it's funny. So after I transferred from Siena, my first visit was to Davenport. Oh, really? Yeah, and so my first visit, so I've always known Coach P, um, Robbie, Coach E, uh, Dylan, uh, because that was my first visit after Siena. 
And I've always liked how they play, especially at Siena, because I was kind of the guy at Siena. So other teams would um, would marquee on me. Um, and so Davenport was actually in NAI at that time. So I played Davenport twice a year. Then we'd end up playing them in the conference tournament as well, because they'd always be one of the top teams. Um, so I've always known them. So then when it got time to transfer and I graduated and I could choose anywhere without sitting out, um, it was a no-brainer. I loved how uh, they played their fast-paced team. I got the opportunity to get my master's, um, and I've already known them, played them, whether it was Siena, Grand Valley, twice a year. Um, so, yeah, just kind of full circle. And then my mom and dad are both 616 area codes as well. Um, so it was just a no-brainer. So then how was that? Because I remember that that comeback game at Grand Valley, <laughs> your grad year. I was like, just like kind of the emotions and everything leading into it. Like now yeah. I'm going back home. Kind of yeah. home. Right. Yeah. And I, I think I want to say it might have been their senior night too. Or it was, it was yeah. late in the season. It was our, it was, yeah, I think it was their senior night actually. Um, but yeah, so something that not a lot of colleges have, but uh, Damon Arnold, he's like the um, head of, I would say like, I don't know his exact role, but he has really, he's like academic. Um, he's a leader. Uh, he just, it's kind of, I don't even know the role title. He's going to, he's probably going to be mad when he hears this, but <laughs> him and Maisha Golston, um, I was just kind of talking back and forth with them. Like, Hey, like we're coming to your guys' place. Uh, just be ready. Um, and then yeah, it had my probably best division two game, um, at Grand Valley. And I just remember like, it was just like, yeah, emotions were definitely running high. It was on ESPN three, like nothing more, nothing more you could ask for as 21, 22 year old kid, um, just to go home. And then obviously all my family's there, all my friends is there. It's actually funny. One of my friends is, was at, he still was at Grand Valley and, uh, names were Sean and, uh, he's actually working in the library at the time. And, uh, he's going back and forth. Like his job <laughs> doesn't know. And he's going back and forth. So I score, he's there. I score again. He's not there. Like, I keep looking up there. He'll be there. He wouldn't be there. It was funny. So I was definitely keeping tabs on all my friends and families that were able to make it. So kind of when we talk about the GLIAC, is definitely, I think, just in Division Two, probably the best conference in America. Yeah. I always try to explain to people how hard it is to play conference games in the GLIAC. Like, in your opinion, what made it so hard? I mean, honestly, coming from NAI, like, there's no bigs that, like, because if you're 6'10 plus, you go Division One because you can't teach height. Yeah. But the GLIAC somehow gets those bigs, um, whether, like, you look right now, like, Davenport's got a couple 6'10, 6'11 guys, Jakob and big, I forget the new guy, um, and then, like, Marius Grizulius at GV. Um, like, when I, was at, when I was in college, like, you had the Hankins um, and stuff like that, the Cole Walkers, the Justin Greasons. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's like when I was at, when we were at both of us, we beat Grand Canyon, you know, we we're beating division ones. Um, like the, the GLIAC is just tough basketball. It's physical. Yeah. The refs kind of let you play whether like you want to argue for a foul or not. Um, it's tough, it's big. And then it's, it's just fast. That's, yeah. that was just the biggest adaption I had from Siena to the GLIAC was just how fast people play. And, and adapting to like the road trips too, because I, I think that's one of the things that people really don't get when like when you talk about the GLIAC is man, one week you might be up in the UP and the next week you're out in Wisconsin or Ohio. Literally. Like, 
how did those road trips not only like bring the team together, but also just present like new challenges just due to the fact where it's like, you're going to be in Marquette for, for like four days. Yeah, no, for sure. That was, I mean, because we're busing everywhere. Yeah. Whether we go to Ferris, which is 45 minutes, or we go to Northern Michigan, which is eight hours, we're busing. So I think that's something that people don't really realize um, how tough can be, it can be. And me and my friends um, joke around, like, I never have won at Lake State. I never, never won there. Um, it was one year, my junior year, where we played them the last game of the year. And then we were the, like the fifth seed. They were the fourth seed. So they hosted. And then we went up there the next week and then lost first round of the, of the tournament. Um, so like those road trips are definitely brutal. Um, but one thing like just hitting that Northern Michigan to Michigan Tech, it's kind of fun because because like at Davenport, we stayed at the casino. Uh, yeah. And so like that was fun. Like we were just all in the same. We didn't go like gamble or anything. I wish we could have. Um, but like it was just fun staying in that hotel room all together. We went, walked over to the what is it called? The Sulox or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. We're all freezing, but we're just having fun throwing snowballs. Um, and yeah, no, it definitely brought us together. I feel like um, those long road trips. So now you're kind of into the training. And then not only that, but also coaching the AAU. You, you, we were talking about how you're coaching fourth grade. Mm-hmm. What makes you like fourth grade so much? Man. So it's, it's kind of how life goes full circle. So, I mean, I'm playing elementary basketball just shooting around and that was the first year i ever played organized basketball was fourth grade uh, i had a great coach uh rich beal um and then james brumfield was my aau coach at that age um and so i really owe it all up to them starting me young um so that's kind of the same thing um i when i got into it just this past year um i ran into an old teammate um at a gus macker actually and then he's like, hey, my brother is a director of an AAU team. Like, if you're ever giving it a look. And I'm like, no shot. Like, <laughs> no shot. And then uh, I was like, and then a couple couple days went by. And I'm like, you know, like, I think that would be something good. Like, just maybe start out at a young age so it's less commitment. Yeah. And then the first week went by. And I'm like, oh, these guys have, like, a shot to be good. And it's fun. Then I'm like, hey, can we add a practice? Like, so it's not just one practice a week. Hey, can we add this tournament? And then, like, it just got, like, where I was like, hey, I want to be committed in this thing. It's fun. Um, so it's just a full life circle thing um, that everything came around. And, yeah, it's been a blast so far. And so then, like, training on top of that, what do you think the most important thing that you train for now being, like, a college basketball player, really understanding what's the most important thing that you train, especially the, the younger kids? Yeah, for sure. My my thing is like I I don't do it for the money or or it's fun or it's this or it's that. I do it strictly for them to get better as a as a player um and then me to get better as a trainer or coach. Um and so like group sessions are a little different for me cuz like I'm so individualized where I want this kid to get better. And yeah. if I if I group this A B and C up, C's strength might be what I'm trying to work on with A. So that doesn't really align with me as much, but where um, I just want these kids to get better. And the thing I work on is, hey, what's a weakness? Or I'll ask them like, hey, if you had to get a bucket right now, what would you do? And then, okay, let's work on that move. That's your favorite. Okay, we can do that. 
So I like bringing fun to it as well. Um, but I really want that one person to get better um, than that next guy and then that next guy. And, and being in GR now, I'm sure you, especially now with some of the youth side, you see, and I think Grand Rapids basketball has really caught up to a lot sure. of, it, not just in Michigan, but I think in the Midwest. Why do you think you think it's just like the overall athletes that we that we have, or is it the commitment, or is it a little bit of both? I mean, we have great programs over on the west side. Yeah, yeah, I really think a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think it's yeah to do with I would say commitment, overall commitment. Because I mean, me being with Swish, like just we run into a team called North Coast, which is Grand Rapids as well. They might claim a Byron Center, but. It's still, it's still 616. Mark, forgive me on this. But Mark is the, um, he runs that organization. It's actually out of his house. They got a nice court over there um, and a nice program. They practice multiple times a week. We practice multiple times a week. Um, and so it's really just a commitment. And then we'll run into tournaments where if it's not us or the, us playing them, it's a blowout in the championship. Or if it, we go to Fort Wayne, we didn't have a game within 20 points. North Coast wasn't at the tournament. Um, stuff like that. It's just a commitment in West Michigan. A lot of people are fighting for gym time, and that's a good problem to have. Um, and so I'd definitely say the the commitment and consistency. Well, that, that's another thing. I, I've talked, I've texted you about it. The fact that you guys are able to find every <laughs> gym <laughs> in Grand Rapids. And I, I think that it's one thing that I can tell, especially in Lansing. Right. I think it's a little bit of an issue when, when I've headed to Detroit. It is so hard to find gyms over here sometimes. Yeah, it's, what, it's nuts. What, what would you tell people, especially like man, athletes, like we were on a summer break trying to come back and try to find a gym. What would you tell them? Like one thing that you've learned kind of just. Yeah, no, sometimes you just got to like, get in where you fit in, it. especially right now, like it's heating up. Hey, if you got to do some shots outside just to maintain something, do shots outside. And I tell people, um, like, my, my, even my fourth graders know, like, I don't have sympathy for bad ball handlers right now. Because, like, since it's so hard to find a gym to shoot, all it takes is a ball and a hard surface to work on your ball handling. Yeah. So, like, um, so that's one thing I, I've been telling people. Hey, like, as hard as gym time is, hey, just work on your ball handling in the meantime. So at least the ball's still in your hand. Um, and then for those fortunate enough that can get in a gym, um, just reach out to those people. You see them in the gym, hey, like maybe it's one time a week. Hey, can I join you? The worst that's going to happen is a no, and you're still not getting in the gym regardless. So you might as well reach out, um, and potentially you might be in the gym. And and looking at some of like in Grand Rapids, obviously Grand Rapids Catholic Central, Grand Rapids South Christian, uh, yeah. Unity Christian. Uh, I mean, Godwin Heights, yeah. so many of these schools. Do you, because I've seen you train with some of the high schoolers on that team. Yeah. How is it kind of that you're able to revolve that information or that kind of the, the high school players, the, the prospects? We got guys like uh, Fat Fat going, he's going to yeah. be going D1 somewhere. Yeah. I was able to kind of bring these guys in with also the fourth graders and kind of just find the similarities between both of them, but also teach both of them at the same time. Since these fourth graders are watching up to these guys and yeah. been watching these guys in the Breslin a couple weeks ago. No, for sure. It's funny, actually, you mentioned uh, the Grand Rapids Catholic Centrals and the South Christians because 
right now, I'm actually been working with Fat Fat and KK and uh, Carter Meerman, who are the three on Catholic Central. Uh, KK just committed to, or not just, but he's committed to Wright State. Fat Fat's got Power Five offers, Michigan, Michigan State, um, you name it there. And Carter uh, picked up a Ferris State offer. And I'm sure he's playing on Grand Rapids Storm um, national team there. So more to come there. But it's they're awesome guys. I owe it up to them. Um, we got a guy, Mason, on my fourth grade team. I hit up Fat Fat, KK, and Carter. Mason will join them. Um, and it's just having that where they don't got to slow down for Mason, but Mason's definitely going to try his hardest to stay up with them. And I'm, hey, if even if Fat Fat's not doing it right, KK's not doing it right, Carter's not doing it right, I'm still on them. But then Mason sees me on them, he's going to expect me to be on him too. So like just them being um, like responsible enough and accountable enough to work out the same, whether a 10-year-old's in the gym um, and joining them, or if it's just us three, us four by ourselves. Uh, so I've definitely been fortunate to be with them and have them surround uh, my players as well. And it helps Fat Fat's little brothers on our third grade team as well. But <laughs> So when we talk about like those guys who are yeah. high level basketball prospects committed to go, uh, obviously they're different schools. When you compare it to kind of when you were in high school, how do you think that the high school game has changed, especially in the state of Michigan and kind of on that West side that you've kind of been able to obviously play in there, college there, and now even coaching and training over there? What's the biggest differences from when you played to now? Yeah, the, true. the difference now is just the, the amount or the will to get better, I would say. Because like, especially with social media, like you might see somebody working out and that might be your off day, but hey, no, I'm getting in there. And like with me, like we were fortunate enough to, we would get in in the morning, um, like four man workouts. Um, but there was nobody like to train out of Otsiko or there was nobody to like, that I could just call and say, hey, can you, you work me out today? Yeah. Um, and so like you get, you get to Grand Rapids and there's, like we're with what I'm doing, like level up training um, with Ryan Shaw and Cam Burns who are and Adam Kriegel and Bo and who are all college guys um, played basketball. So you got these trainers and you got um, Possible's headquarters is here. Yeah. Um, you got um, just numerous trainers in this area that all have their own gyms to work out of. Um, so I feel like just the accessibility to get better here is much, much better then, yeah, you might say like a Traverse City or a Kalamazoo um, where there's just the courthouse or something to get better at. Um, so I'd definitely say just the accessibility to resources and will to get better is different than when I was in school because it was really just do it on your own or yeah. not do it. And being 14, 15, 16, it's to do it yourself, whether it's you got to go hard plus get your own rebound, as little as that seems, um, it's tough. Um, and so, yeah. And on top of that, kind of the growth of, honestly, just the grassroots basketball in Grand Rapids. Like, I mean, we see uh, Storm Classic. We see Brawl for the Ball, yeah. two of the, I think, best tournaments in the country, especially when it comes to, like, July and some of those Brawl yeah. for the Ball. What's it like being able to just kind of have that as your home base and you have um, the NBA buildings and yeah. you have all these tournaments going all the time? How has that been able to help? That honestly, travel sometimes isn't even an issue because you yeah. have so many tournaments just in your backyard. Yeah, no, exactly. I was actually talking to uh, the Swiss director and owner uh, not too long ago. Like, we don't even have to travel. Like, 
you'll see some of our seventh grade and eighth grade, they'll go to the Ohio and Cleveland's, but like North Coast is here, a team out of Rockford um, is here. Um, so we can just stay right here and find competition. And even when we're playing the lesser competition teams, we can still work on stuff because at the end of the day, it's nine and 10 new. Um, and like, they're still going to make mistakes no matter who they play. And so there's always where we don't need to travel to those higher tournaments. And um, like we have three MSA buildings with four plus courts in each, and they're all within a block. And then that's on top of all the high schools and stuff that we use in courthouse with, with eight courts in it and stuff yeah. like that. So the competition, we don't have to travel far. And a lot of the times, the best tournaments have been right here at this age group. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I know the parents like it and, and, I, and I definitely like it. <laughs> so being able to kind of now, obviously, trainer coaching hat on, a little bit different than obviously a player hat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do, you, what do you see at the college level that you really didn't notice as a player? <laughs> it's funny. I was just telling uh, uh, two of my like better friends, um, Justin and Lance, like the stuff I used to side eye coaches about is the stuff I'm yelling at right now. Like this little stuff, like just run through the baseliner. We're doing down and backs on the whistle. I, I said, go, why are you going? You know, <laughs> and like this little stuff I used to smack my lips or side eye is the stuff I'm over here. Like, why would you pass it over here when he's wide open under the hoop? Like just the simple stuff. And it's funny. Like I catch myself laughing. Like I got to turn around to these 10 year olds because I'm like, I'll see something and I'm like, this is the stuff I used to smack my lips at. <laughs> so no, it's it's funny how it goes full circle, but it's also part of being young um, and like maturing. Like I see stuff now and I'm like, dang, okay. So this was what he was talking about when he meant this and a little stuff like that. But it's it's also good because I don't want to, like, I don't want to be perfect. So seeing the stuff that I used to mess up at and now realizing, I'm like, okay, that was maturity and that's growth right there. So it's awesome. And being able to have that kind of obviously college experience at a high level like you did, how are you able to, especially when it comes to the players and a lot, a lot of things? And I noticed that, I mean, I coached eighth grade this past year. Okay. So, I mean, I even saw it at eighth grade, but just that kind of, you have to build that trust with the players. Oh, yeah. How important was it to be able to kind of like show up and say, listen, I play at Grand Valley down the road. Like, mm -hmm. Trust me, when I say some stuff, like I'm not saying it just to say, how, how important has that kind of been? And what's been the best way that you've found to kind of like not only build that trust, but also kind of like that friendship w with some of the kids? Yeah, no. So it's actually crazy because I got lucky. So like four of the players that I have before I even knew, but like, so they saw me at a Gus Macker. Um, <laughs> so, th so then so I was playing. I won the dunk contest there. We got like second or third at the dunk contest or at the um, tournament, the Gus Macker. But so I'm at tryouts and they're all coming up to me. You're the guy from the, the dunk contest. You're the guy from the Gus Macker. And I'm like, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. But then so like when it came to like the basketball part, like I'll demonstrate a drill or something and I'll, I'll do it hard or I'll go to the. Well, we're having a little technical difficulties right now with the connection. So we're going to take a quick break, come right back, and we'll keep going right where we were at. This is Case Collie Podcast. All right, 
right, welcome back to the Case Conley podcast. We're still talking with Chris Pearl. So we we were talking about kind of earning that respect and kind of getting that trust. What was the biggest thing, especially that transition to like fourth graders and not only just, but also building that friendship? What what was the key ways that you've been able to do it so far? Yeah, no, I definitely say just by leading by example, like if I'm dunking, like when I do drills, just the, they see me do the move, 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 and then dunk. And like, obviously they don't have the expectation to dunk it, but they have the expectation that, hey, coach just went hard. So I'm going to go hard and finish to the best of my abilities. And then also, I mean, I've been fortunate enough, um, like I've got them tickets to Grand Valley games. I've got them um, tickets to MSU games. Um, We've gone to the gold games. Um, Just little stuff like that where, hey, we're going to bring home trophies and have fun and practice hard. Uh, But also Coach Chris wants us to have fun. And I tell him all the time, like when we're doing down and backs and things like that, like, hey, I don't want you guys to run. I know it stinks. I know, like, I know how hard it is. But sometimes we just have to. We miss four or five free throws in a row. Okay, we're too good to do that. And uh, so they know that when we do when we do punishments and stuff like that's coming from a good place. And we also have a lot of fun. So it makes them want to want to work hard. So a lot of people, especially as of recent, kind of talking about how AAU isn't good, not good for the kids. I, I obviously I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's good parts of it and bad parts mm-hmm. kind of minimize, maximizing. Kind of yeah. what's your take on AAU and especially when people say it's all good or it's all bad, kind of kind of what's your just take on it as a whole? Yeah, I'm kind of right in the middle. So the reason I did it is because one, I have no kids. I'm not like I'm not biased at all. After the game, obviously I'll be frustrated or happy. But when I go home, like I'm not thinking about, oh, this kid did this, this like because I don't I just don't have a foot in the like I'm just a coach with no kids and I see we play teams and their dad's the coach and they're making their, his son do this and he's shooting these shots. And I'm like, that's where I see like, okay, use bad. Like they're just out here either for the cameras or just for their son. They're pushing their son's or their dreams on their son. Um, And I see that with training too. Like some parents just send their kids to train because they want them to play basketball. They might talk to me about piano lessons all the whole training session. And, but their dad's over here. Hey, he's got to do this. He's got to do that. Um, so I definitely see where people say it's a bad thing. Um, but then also, like, when you look at our team or you look at the North Coast or the club ones, um, like you see them swinging the ball, you see them pressing and breaking presses and stuff like that, running plays um, and just developing basketball players. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is why I do it. Like when we go down, down, um, and we, we go down six or seven points and we come back and get that win, like seven, like at 10 years old, like it's just nice. Cause we played the right way and we fought back and that's why I'm like, okay, this is good. It's teaching them a little adversity. Um, and Hey, these are 15 minute halves that like we got to fight. Um, so I definitely see both sides of it. And that's where I, as the coach, um, can t- kind of take a little control and make sure that hey, we're playing good basketball, and AAU is a good thing. Yeah, and one thing I really relate to, and I'm sure you will too, is especially at kind of the younger age, being able to kind of build the connections with the other hoopers from your area Mm -hmm. is something massive that I kind of had where now when you play with them in fourth grade, all of a sudden once it gets to high school, you're playing against them. Yeah. And you're training together. And I think that's one huge key part of it. And 
I'm sure we've all just had so many friendships created just on AU basketball from like fifth grade. So mm-hmm. yeah. what do you think, knowing that that's how you experience AU, how do you kind of bring that to your team? Especially yeah. with, start, it's, it, it starts kind of the friendships of the Hoopers who might be rival teams. That yeah, they no, would never know sure. each other from them. Yeah, no, for sure. So like right now, like we have two or technically four kids that would be at the same school right now. I get if they were to continue and go to the same middle school, they're in the same elementary school. But the other six, like they all go to different elementary schools uh, and stuff like that. And they uh, like right now they're all on the same team. And they don't know any better, but not next year, but the year after once they hit uh, that sixth grade, like once they hit that middle school, like they're going to be against each other and things like that. Um, so it's kind of just the competing in practice. Um, and like, hey, like when like we all will go to Michigan State games, we'll go to Grand Valley games together, we'll win together. But hey, in practice, like, hey, take it out on him. Like, hey, compete. Like, we all love each other. It's okay. Um, and I would never let anything get out of hand, but but yeah, no, compete. And uh, cause later down the life or later down the line, we're not gonna all be on the same team. Like I can't coach you guys forever. Um, yeah. like, I'm not going to be all of your guys' middle school coach. I'm not going to be all of your guys' high school coach. Um, I can only be so many places. So, yeah, just um, they they all know that. Like, you'll hear them like, hey, I'm going to Catholic. Hey, no, I'm going to Christian. Hey, no, I'm going to Godwin, Kentwood, all these. So it's funny. And uh, I just can't wait because, like, like, this is all, like, their first, second, third year playing basketball. So I just want to see them grow and see, who, like, who becomes what. So I, I'm curious. I, I I like to get different takes on all these things. So obviously, Caitlin Clark in the women's final four has been in the news, the headlines last yeah. week. Which I want to say too, I didn't watch a single tournament game till the final four, but those mm, games were shoot. awesome. No, those they games, were. The, they were. How high level they were. That that was some crazy crazy good basketball that I haven't seen. From I just think of like how women's basketball just in college has evolved in the last like ten years. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there was great basketball on display. But what do you think on the whole Caitlin Clark, the yeah, Reese. or what do you think about the whole situation? Yeah. So I mean, me, I'm not, I'm not a quiet basketball player myself. Um, and so like for me, like I like one Caitlin's brought just I don't know the number, but. I'd say millions of people to women's basketball, at least watching it. Um, and so I feel like it's a it's a great thing. And I mean, she went on ESPN and said, like, hey, we're just com- competitors ready to compete. Uh, I wouldn't say any negative things about Angel Reese because I'd do the same thing in her spot. Um, so, like, for me, as a the person who I am, I'm a little talker and stuff like that. Um, after the game, I'm probably not going to follow her around and stuff. But, um, but no, I definitely... I like I like the little taunting on the court during the game and stuff like that. Um, and I think I mean it definitely got the people talking, and I hope it just continues to grow the game of women's basketball. Um, just because they're finally college wise, anyways, they're finally getting um, paid the way they should. Um, hopefully that starts to um, inch up to the WNBA as well. But definitely the eyes are on them, and I feel like once the views and eyes are on them, I feel like the opportunities are endless there. And you actually have a firsthand experience of being able to watch and be friends with Grand Valley women's, who yeah. just built, I mean, a dynasty over there. Yeah, man, Mike Williams, amazing. 
So what, what, what do you kind of being able to watch them and then obviously traveling with them and seeing them play some of these other GLIAC schools, what do you think the big difference is between Grand Valley, that big dynasty, compared to some of these other newer programs being built, even like the Davenports, who are just being built up right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, one, it, it starts from the top. And Mike Williams, I mean, he was at Davenport, dominated there um, when they were NAI. Um, but Mike Williams and uh, Coach Phil, who's the assistant over there, they're just hands-on. Um, you watch a practice, they're intense. They don't, like... They make a mistake. They're gonna they're gonna stop it right there. Um, and I mean, preparation is key over there um, with the girls' side. And I mean, I don't know the number of games, but I bet you in the last four years they probably lost ten or less. Yeah. Um, and especially this year, man, they got that. I don't know if you saw the region. The region had three the three of the top five in the nation in the same region. They yeah, beat a, it was like a thirty and thirty four and two Drury team. And they played a 33 and 0 Ashland team and they were 33 and 1. Like it's just three best teams in one region, which I wish could change. Um, because that Ashland GBSU game probably could have been the national championship. Yeah, and we see, no. I mean, and obviously Ashland left the GLIAC now, but I mean some of the games that they would go back and forth on what three times a year. Yeah, no, Four for sure. Years I was at Grand sometimes. Valley. I was at Grand Valley and uh GVSU was the girls played before us, but um, GVSU was probably nineteen and one, nineteen and two. Ashland was nineteen and zero, nineteen and one maybe. And uh, there was fans getting there at our shoot around. So like the games on till six, they're getting there at two, two, three. Like they got season ticket holders. Like Ashland girls, GV girls, like that game's gonna be packed. There was actually people leaving. After the girls' game, and usually yeah. people get. I was there. gonna say I ne- I'll yeah. never forget that when we played at Ashland, yeah. and there it was Davenport Ashland the girls, and there were people leaving for the boys' game. <laughs> yeah. They came there just oh, for they, the girls' game, yeah. and I mean I don't blame them because the way that they played, and obviously the program they have at Ashland, yeah, Ashland crazy, and being able to watch like that in the GLIAC has been awesome. But kind of being able now, you travel with them you, when, when yeah. you were there. How is that kind of? A little bit more pressure on you guys knowing yeah TV's about to put up a 40 piece we gotta play next yeah how, no so when you, I was how do you there, guys approach that yeah no they had shoot they had a six five center cassidy they had a uh shoot janae was the point guard um yeah no v was the three yeah they were stacked and so like to watch them the game's over at halftime and then we gotta go fight for our life and so it was just like it was it was funny actually because like in high school it was the opposite like I, our team like i had a seven footer had a nai point guard d2 shooting guard nai small forward and then me um and so like we were just gonna win every game and then to college we're like i gotta watch the game that's gonna be <laughs> a guaranteed win and then i gotta go fight it was just the opposite you gotta flip into another gear um but no it was nice to watch just because it was good basketball yeah um, and we would we would go and sit in the bleachers before our game and actually be excited mess around in the bleachers watch the game um but yeah no for sure and, and, and same with that kind of like competition sense we we played we went to grand canyon beat grand canyon yeah one of the best wins ever division one i mean they made the tournament this year they made the tournament yeah. I, I think i want to say it's two last four years they yeah. made it. They are consistently making it, and 
kind of what was that experience of not only playing in there, but also just the fact that like the division two teams are on that level and we see yeah. we're starting to see it more and more. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like people see like, like it's funny cause it's kind of hypocritical cause I transferred a couple of times, but it was for different reasons. But like people think like NAI or D2 is not high level. And it's like, like at Grand Valley, I played Michigan the year 2018, the year they lost to Villanova in the national championship. And it's like, yeah, we lost by 20, but they beat Michigan State by 25 that year. Yeah. They beat Wisconsin by 30 that year. Like, D2 is, I mean, I'm not going to say they're right there because you get the Kansas, the Kentuckys and stuff that would can blow you out of the water at any point in time. But, like, it's not as far as what people want to make it think. It's really just we're not on ESPN, CBS, and NBC. Yeah. Um, we don't have the... I can't go get a massage at two every day. I can't go get the Gatorade machine every day. Um, but like going to Grand Canyon, man, I, I, that was one of my favorite, favorite games ever. Just going in there. They don't have football, so it's rowdy in there. Um, and if you Google it, one of the best student sections in the world. Um, and I just remember we got there, we were warming up, and there's all these papers in the, in the bleachers. And like me, I'm locked in, but I also want to see like what these papers are. So I go pick one up. And when I tell you those papers had everything on it, like they're like, oh, his girlfriend from fifth grade's name is Emily. I'm like, what? I'm like, how do you know that? Like he went to Interlocking Elementary. He did this. Um, like I just remember reading. I took a picture and I, I show people till this day, um, like all the crazy stuff they had on it. But. Yeah, no, that Grand Canyon. And it just let people know, like, hey, like, we're not far off. Like, you can't take us as an exhibition game or you can't take us as just the first game of the year. Because um, that was actually the first time they lost the home opener in, like, 25 years. Yeah, and I think there's kind of that piece of it where with the transfer portal now, mm -hmm. which as I think it's a great thing for, obviously, the athletes. But as the transfer portal, we, we see – these D1 guys seamlessly going up and down between D1 and yeah. D2. I think we've seen probably the best talent at the D2 level. I mean, how many times when you're reading a scouting report, Division mm -hmm. Two, you got to go play Wisconsin Parkside, and they got three D1 transfers in that starting yeah. lineup. Absolutely. So, so what, does that almost bring up your, your, your intensity when you look across these teams? Man, these guys... You want guys everywhere. It's kind of like a little prove it, even at your own level. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even like when I was at Grand Valley, I knew him before Grand Valley, um, but he was from Kalamazoo and uh, Hunter Hale, a nice lefty. He's overseas killing right now. But um, he transferred from Central Michigan, went to Grand Valley, killed that Grand Valley, and then he went to Winthrop and brought him to the national tournament. And then COVID happened. So unfortunately, he didn't get to play in it. But it's just like, there's guys at all levels um, and maybe they didn't have the best AAU season. So they didn't get that D one offer. Yeah. Um, and then where other times and, and like where we see in the GLIAC, like they might've not worked out in D one. Now they're at D two level. Um, and then, yeah, you got to take that out. Like personally, like, okay, yeah, you're in my conference now. I got to I'm taking it at you now. Um, and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, no, you see it both ways. Um, and it's nice. It's, it just brings the competitiveness out of you. And, uh, yeah. So just taking a look at basketball now, and obviously 
I think the main thing I look at is the NBA and seeing how much parity is going on there and the Western Conference. I mean, I think there's two games left and there's still about 15 teams that it feels like can make the play in yeah. or make the normal. Right. What, what, what do you think? And we've seen, obviously, March Madness. We've seen women's Final Four with all-time viewing mm-hmm. ever numbers. Do you think the sport of basketball is kind of just trending up in general, especially you're a big NFL guy? Yeah. I feel like it's starting to catch up to the college footballs and the NFLs. Yeah, no, I absolutely think um, think so. Just because, like, nothing to nothing wrong with football. you got to look at safety and things like that, player safety. But that's one thing where basketball doesn't have to worry about, like, that concussions and things like that and changing the rules. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be geared towards offense um, or hand-checking and stuff like that. But I'm looking at it with my fourth graders. I got a point guard right now that wants to work every day. Like, tech, like has me, yeah, hey, can you text my mom to see if we can get, you can get us in the gym, um, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's doing step back threes or Euro step layups, where when I'm nine, 10 years old, I'm worried about my right hand layup. <laughs> and it's like, they see, they can just, you can hop on YouTube and watch the game right now. And like, yeah. we're like, even like when I was growing up, like, I'd have to wait to watch the highlights set, sports center the next day. But like you hop on Sports Center right now, you can already watch highlights right now. Um, and so I feel like the game's just growing because these kids can watch whatever and hey, I'm gonna try that move tomorrow. Um, and so I definitely see it with the NBA because like every you look across the board, every team's probably got a superstar, um, or at least someone to look up to, someone that's crazy where that like you even look like eight years ago like who the orlando magic had you know like after dwight you know like they yeah. and stuff like that where now it's the hornets got lamello ball um you know what i'm saying and there's little stuff like that where there's superstars everywhere and i think yeah people are upset like how the western conference has a 40 win team as the eight seed or the six seed but like that just shows the competition's getting there i yeah. think um, and there's not those 70 win, 60 win teams anymore. And, and you kind of brought up the Lamelo balls and you brought up the step back threes. And as being a fourth grade coach, every, I think everyone, every coach talked about Steph Curry. Oh, my yeah. God, the game. How, how do you really think the three point shot has really affected like some of the younger grades? And do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, no, I honestly think. Like, if you are saying Steph Curry ruined the game, you're either not, you don't have control of your team, or you just, like, aren't as hands-on. Because, like, yes, every, they're 9, 10 years old. Their first shot when they walk in is probably going to be a half quarter. And that's not <laughs> Steph Curry. That's just 10-year-olds having fun. But my thing is, like, okay, yeah, we'll, we start off every practice. We're going to shoot a half quarter in the first four to make it. Don't have to run. And then the last six, got to just do a couple down and back. So, like, um, but then once it t- t- comes time to play, okay, we're not doing that. And they know that we're going to play good basketball. And, yeah, we have nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds that shoot threes at a consistent rate. They'll shoot multiple in a game. Um, yeah. But also, I'm not worried about it because they know what's a good and bad shot. And so I think those that say Steph Curry's ruining basketball just aren't really hands-on because you can stop that. Yeah, um, and it's not like we're just gonna walk across half court and shoot a curry shot, um, like because at the end of the day they're not strong enough, they're not aware enough to do that. But so I definitely don't think he's ruining it. 
I think he's definitely had a key factor in how many threes people have shot. But at the same time, at me as the coach, I, I can kind of stop that. Yeah, and, and I think when we take a look at, I mean, from fourth grade to high school to college, the, the amount of shooters that we see, mm-hmm. and, and not only just shooters in general, it feels like everybody now can start to shoot a little bit. I mean, we're seeing seven-footers step out. We're seeing yeah. six, six guys, five, ten guys. So how is it important that you in fourth grade are making sure everybody can shoot the ball? Because in this age of where it's almost four out, one in, five out basketball, where there's not Absolutely. a lot of bigs, how important is it for everybody to be able to shoot the ball? Yeah, and, I, and like, I'm unfortunate and fortunate. Like, I don't have a big. Like, the big that I have is just down there because he happens to be the tallest guy on the team. <laughs> um, but, like, even him, I'm like, step out. Th- we'll call the same play for Mason, then I'll do Declan. I'm like, Declan, shoot it. And, like, honestly, he probably has the best three-point percentage on the team. It's just he don't get to shoot them as much. Um, but, yeah, no, the only thing I will say is the celebrations. <laughs> everybody celebrates but like at this age it's like it's funny to me because like they're not doing it to be cocky or they're not doing it to rub it in they're doing it because one they want to be like whoever's on tv the night before and two they're out there giggling um so like i don't have a problem with that and i don't think any coach would unless it gets to be in like taunting at the other team or something um but yeah no like my thing is because my tallest player right now might be the shortest in high school and yeah. my shortest right now might be the tallest. So I want everybody a chance to bring it up to court. I want everybody a chance to um, post up, get down there. I want everybody to do that because, I'm, of course, in the meantime, I'm coaching for right now, like in that game. But in practice, hey, we'll, we'll run this play five times so all five of you do something different. Because at the end of the day, I'm not, I don't know what, what you're, if you're going to get your dad's height or if you're going to get your mom's height. And so I want everybody to develop and be able to do a little bit of everything. All right, last question before we end it. I, I like doing a little current thing. So NBA playoffs about to start. Who wins the West? Who wins the East? Who wins the finals? Yeah, I got I don't think anybody's stopping it, uh, Giannis. I just don't see it. Um, like Boston's tough, Philly's tough, but it's just Giannis is it unless they start calling like a charge or somehow get him in foul trouble somewhere. He's guaranteed 35 and 12. Like, it's nuts. Yeah. And, like, so I, I got them out the East. Boston, I got Boston in uh, – yeah, I got Boston and Milwaukee in the conference finals. I got Milwaukee coming out. The West, I feel like, is up for grabs because I feel like a team like Sacramento could just play hard for six, seven games in a series where another team might just play hard for a couple games and take them lightly. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, the Lakers are rolling – and I feel like we got that bubble, Bron and bubble AD coming back. Um, as long as they can stay healthy, I like them going to the conference finals. I got, I would have, if I was a betting man, I'd have them. Ooh. Yeah, I like Bucks. I like Bucks Lakers. I like that. Bucks Lakers. Yeah, coming out. I'm big there. on Denver. I like Denver. This. I think it's. You Denver's think they got it? Finally. You think I they think got it? They got Yoke. I think Jokic, but now they actually got Porter healthy. They got Murray healthy. Yeah. A- Aaron Gordon's playing probably the best he's ever has. But yeah, yeah I mean, the Lakers. Hey, I mean, I, I was just this last second. Yeah, second after the what was it trade deadline? I feel like that was smart. Like I'm a big Russell fan too, but I feel like just like I don't think like Bron could play with a Ben Simmons, or I don't think Bron can play with a Russell. So like I think that was a good move to just get him out of there. Um, 
and then get in the pieces. And I feel like Jared Vanderbilt, um, um, I mess up his name, but Rui or yeah, Rui Vanderbilt, yeah. Malik Beasley. I mean, Beasley. Got, I think they're just good parts. Yeah. And, and they're starting to defend too. Like they are, Absolutely. they are really good defense. They have all those long guys. Uh, you got D'Lo now. I mean, he's been able to give a little yeah. bit more oh, of a scoring threat from yeah. point guard. Forgot about him. I mean, it's just I, I was just talking like, how crazy is it that Luca might not make the playoff? Man, and, Kyrie. And, think, and, and you might get the one seed and might have to play LeBron in the first round. Like, I, it's yeah. just it, it's just crazy to me how good the West is. And with the young teams, you got teams like OKC, who in three years, man, OKC is about to be right there with them. I like I like the point guard there, the Williams, all them. Yeah, no, they're young. Shh, shh. Yeah, no, they're tough. And they they got a chance. As long as the salary cap and stuff, they can stay under that and don't have to pay too much for everybody. They stick together. I like them a lot. I like yeah. them a lot. All right, well, Chris Pearl, former college basketball player. He was a little stint at Siena Heights, Grand Valley, and his career at Davenport right now. Coaching fourth grade AAU. He's a big trainer over in Grand Rapids. If you don't, Google Twitter, Chris Pearl, Instagram. I, he will get you better. I promise you that. <laughs> but thanks for joining. It was great to have you on. Uh, I'm sure I'd love to have you on again. We'll talk more, obviously, basketball. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And yeah, definitely look look forward to not me growing only with training and coaching, but watching this podcast grow as well. Yeah, thank you. And this was another episode of the Case Conley Show podcast. Tuesdays and Fridays, two days this week now. Spotify, check it out. Thank you. Have a good thank one. Thank you.